Good morning. It's uh, a real pleasure to be with you, and uh, I'm grateful for the privilege of being able to speak today on the next in our series of Summer Songs for the Soul. Now, this one comes from Exodus chapter 15, and it's a song of deliverance sung by Moses and the Israelites immediately after their escape from Egypt through the Red Sea. And what an amazing song it is. You can't read it without sensing the sheer joy and relief that they feel. It's like they're going to explode with the wonder of it all. And when Matt was introducing the series a few weeks ago, he reminded us of the value of songs, not only to honour and worship God, but to express some of the truths of our faith. And we can see both those elements in this song, but to grasp its, its real significance, we need to go back to how the Israelites ended up in Egypt in the first place and why it had become such a burden to them. So I guess we all know the story of Joseph and his brothers, and you'll remember it was the famine that led Jacob's sons to venture into Egypt in search of food. And in the beginning, of course, Joseph's influence meant that the people were looked after and cared for. But as the years went on and a new king came to power, Joseph fell out of favour and soon enough the Israelites were being oppressed. And in due course, oppression became slavery and generations of Hebrew people only knew subservience. By the time Moses came to lead the Exodus, it had been over 200 years since Joseph's family settled in Egypt and 400 years since God's promise to Abraham that his people would live in a land of their own. Now, if you look at the history of people living under oppression, we see soon enough that the yearning for freedom just can't be contained. The shackles of enslavement ultimately have to be broken because the human spirit has an unquenchable craving to be free. The burden of oppression can only be endured for so long before the striving for something better becomes, well, irresistible. And that was certainly true for the Israelites. And when you read in Exodus 15, uh, you can't mistake the jubilation in their song after they've escaped. Suddenly, they were no longer slaves. Their identity as God's chosen people had been reaffirmed because of his actions and all that he had done on their behalf. It was clear for everyone to see. And these thoughts are picked up throughout Moses' song. God is praised for who he is and what he's done. His intervention has brought salvation, freedom at last, and a refreshed relationship between God and his people. Verse 2 of the song, I think, has a particular significance. It echoes later on in Isaiah chapter 12, but it originated here in Moses' song of deliverance. 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Now there's a subtle difference between the two statements. I wonder if you picked that up. The first phrase is very much a statement of fact, a reality that's always been true. The Lord is my strength and my song or my defence in some translations. But the second line implies a shift of some sort. There's been a moving on, a sort of change has taken place. He has become my salvation. Salvation has always been a potential, but it hasn't always been a reality. What's just happened has made it reality. So what has just happened? Well, if we go back one chapter to Exodus 14, we see it wasn't just the Egyptians that they were frightened of. There was also an apparently insurmountable obstacle blocking their way, the Red Sea. They were sandwiched between a pursuing enemy from the past behind them and a seemingly impossible barrier to a better future ahead of them. At Exodus 14 verse 12, the Israelites say to Moses, It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. But Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Well, we all know what happened next. God used the very thing that seemed to be the problem in order to create the solution. Moses led the people through on dry land as God divided the sea. And of course, when the Egyptian army tried to cross, they were swept away by the surge of returning water. What the people saw as an impending tragedy, God turned into a mighty victory. He himself had become their salvation because they trusted him and their joy knew no bounds. I'm sure the writers at Bethel Music who penned the song No Longer Slaves were thinking of the Exodus when they wrote these words in verse four. You split the seas so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. I'm reminded of the words in chapter four of John's first letter when he said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. That's 1 John 4 verse 18. 
Friends, I want to say with all the authority of God's word that Jesus is perfect love. He's the one who drives out fear because he's already taken the punishment for the things that we've done wrong. All those things that have enslaved us, that have separated us from God and weighed us down with guilt and shame. All of that is gone if we choose the way of salvation. Jesus has done it all by dying on Calvary's cross. The debt we owed is paid in full and all we have to do in the stillness is choose to accept it for ourselves. Then he can become our salvation too. Now I guess we could choose to stay put in the captivity of whatever fear haunts our lives. But surely our spirit yearns to be free of all of that, doesn't it? We don't have to put up with the oppressive burden of what has been, the hurt, the regret, the failure or whatever we're struggling with. Holding on to whatever fear or folly holds us back surely can't be a smart choice. Where's the freedom in that? Where's the release? Where's the joy? All our fears can be banished and instead hope can be our future. I suppose there's a sort of no man's land that we could settle for where we've decided that the spiritual equivalent of staying in Egypt probably isn't a good option. But what lies ahead looks even more terrifying, and we definitely don't want to go there. The danger then is that we shy away from moving forward and just get stuck in the middle. And unfortunately, that's so often the place where our past catches up with us. Jesus never promised a carefree and trouble-free life for his followers. He once said to them, in the world you will have tribulation. We all have our Red Sea challenges to face from time to time. So what do we do when they come along? How do we face up to that apparently insurmountable problem? Well, let's go back to the instruction God gave the people through Moses in chapter 14, when that's exactly the dilemma that they were facing. Firstly, verse 13, stand firm. Moses is saying, remember who's in charge here. The Lord is fighting for you, so deliverance will come. God has always been faithful and God will always be faithful. Be resolute, therefore. You don't need to be afraid anymore. There's no need to be slaves to fear. Secondly, verse 14, be still. Take time to reflect on who God is. Then dare to trust him. Submit in the quietness so he can surround you with the assurance of his love.
In other words, allow God to be God. Let him carry your load. You are not alone. And finally, in verse 15, the instruction is to move on. Your direction of travel away from captivity is the right way to go. And God will make a way for you. Engage your faith and step out in the knowledge that God has a plan and you are safe in his hands. It's like he's saying, don't just stand there, trust me and let's get going. So the bold choice, the brave choice and dare I say it, the wise choice is to take God at his word, to face the challenge ahead with faith and move on in the knowledge that God will go with you as he prepares the way. This is the way of joy and blessing. It is the way of faith and salvation. Jesus may have warned his followers about the troubles and tribulations that they'd endure, But he went on to put that into context. Be of good cheer, he said, for I have overcome the world. Friends, if we invite Jesus to be Lord of our lives, there's nothing we have to face on our own, whether it's hardship or criticism or anxiety or temptation or illness or even death. Jesus promises his presence and his love and his enabling Holy Spirit. So if that's you right now, if that's where you're at, struggling with trouble and worry, I'd encourage you to hold on to the truth that Jesus can turn even what feels like an impending tragedy into a means of deliverance. Just trust him. And then just a quick word on leadership and example from chapter 15 before we finish. God's people have emerged on the other side of the sea and the Egyptian army has been drowned. Not a single survivor. The threat has been completely wiped out. And Moses and the people sing their song starting here at verse 1. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He has hurled into the sea. And then have a look at verse 20 and 21 after Moses has finished his song. It says this. Then Miriam, the prophet Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand And all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. So Miriam takes her lead from Moses, and she herself then leads the other women with the very same song. One encourages another. And everyone is blessed. We can influence one another. We can support and encourage one another. 
in our faith through acts of worship and declarations of truth. Worship and witness go hand in hand. Moses took his responsibility seriously for giving an honouring lead to the people, not with his ideas, but with the wisdom that God had given him. There was a reminder to the people that it was God and he alone to whom they owed their praise and allegiance. Deliverance had come by God's hand and by his actions. Moses had simply been faithful in doing what God asked of him. Moses didn't point to himself, he pointed to God. And that leadership and witness inspired others in their own walk of faith. You know, it's good to be reminded that if people know we are followers of Jesus, they will watch us, whether we're conscious of it or not. And what we say and how we act, the way we deal with people and situations, will have an impact not only on how we are seen, but on how others will see the one that we proclaim as Lord of our lives. So I just want to finish with a question. It was Moses' song, and it became Miriam's song. But will you make it your song? Will you join the psalmist through whom God says, Be still and know that I am God? Will you take him at his word and trust him with your future, with your life? Will you cast your cares on him, knowing he loves and cares for you? The switch from being a slave to being a child of God is profound and life-transforming, but it's also very simple. In John 8 verses 35 and 36, Jesus says this, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son or daughter belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If that's the choice that you're embracing today, either with recommitment in your heart or maybe trusting Jesus for the very first time, then surely you are free indeed. Free to thank God for his gift of salvation. Free to praise him and give him his worth. Free to live life in abundance, unburdened by the past free to enjoy eternity in relationship with our Heavenly Father, free to proclaim and give witness to all that he's done for you. Well, if that's really you today, then you might want to echo these words from that Bethel music song. I am surrounded by the arms of the Father, I am surrounded by songs of deliverance. We've been liberated from our bondage. We are sons and daughters. Let us sing our freedom. 
So friends, our joy wells up as we recognise our new identity in God's family. Therefore, stand firm and don't be afraid. Be still and allow God's love to minister deep into your heart. Then move on in faith with a song of deliverance in your heart. How wonderful to be able to sing in spirit and in truth. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Amen.